0: What's up and welcome into the Wednesday edition of the Pelicans podcast presented by SeaKeek. I'm Daniel Sallerson and greetings from the Oxnard Sports Performance Center in Metairie as the Pelicans got a big win over the Cleveland Cavaliers last night in Cleveland 125 to 111. Joining me on today's podcast is the television voice of the New Orleans Pelicans, Joel Myers. And Joel, um, first of all, thanks for coming on and let's talk about last night's game and kind of a a not much needed win, but a, a win you needed to have in this race for eighth here.
1: Well, absolutely. It was a must-win. It was a sub-500 team. Uh, A team that has, believe it or not, done well against other sub-500 teams. I mentioned that to Antonio on our telecast. Uh, But if you're going to make a run at the 8th seed, you're going to have to put together a run. And that's win three or four or five in a row. Maybe you drop one. And and quality opponents, Milwaukee, whatever it might be. Uh, But you need to put together a run get back into the mix to get back into the, the middle of things so the, you don't have to pass over as many teams that you're right there and, and the Pels are right there right now with, to the point where they're only five back in the laws column uh, but they have to put together whether it's nine out of 11 whatever it might be they have to put together a real run
0: Absolutely, and the they will have to start beating some playoff teams. You know, they beat the Boston Celtics the other night, but lost two before that with the Spurs in Denver. But, Joel, you also have a tough schedule. Your next three, you have Memphis, who's playing really good basketball, almost near five hundred now, sitting at the eighth spot. Then you have the Houston Rockets on Sunday afternoon. And then, oh, yeah, those Milwaukee Bucks, who put up 151 points last night. Not an easy stretch here for the Pelicans in their next three games.
1: No, I, I get a kick out of everybody who says, well, now the schedule – really balances itself out
0: really not yet
1: i don't think so as you bring up because you got houston at houston milwaukee best record of the nba it's it's going to be a difficult stretch if they can get through this stretch though then it does look a little bit better after the all-star break but these are critical games and the one thing that tells have got to do better is protect home court they're 9 and 15 right now at home they're 10 and 14 on the road. They won seven of their last nine on the road. So they've got a formula on the road. They do a really good job. They compete at a very high level. At home, though, I don't know if it's a problem with just being too comfortable or too many turnovers, and that's why I bring up too comfortable. But uh, That's the area the bells need to clean up more than anything else. Premium on every possession. Get it down to where you look at the box at the end of the night, and there's 12 or 13 turnovers. There's not, as we've seen over the last couple of weeks, 17-20, 21
0: turnovers a game. Yeah, and a lot of them have been unforced turnovers, just shooting themselves in the foot with some of these costly mistakes. Um, let's talk about, of course, the talk in the last four games has been Zion Williamson um, some, putting up some pretty good numbers in those four games, and he's starting to ramp up his minutes here as he uh, almost played 30 last night uh, for the Pelicans. In the four games, what have you noticed from him when he's been on the court, Joel?
1: Well, it, you, he doesn't require the ball to impact the game. Uh, he's going to score in a variety of ways, and some unconditional, or unconventional, I should say. So uh, what he does and what he brings to the table is really healthy for the coach. He's not a ball-dominant guy. He can post up other guys his size or even bigger and overwhelm them. He has that much of a physical presence. And we saw it not as much last night, the game before, when he had that put-back dunk. His elbows were above the rim. It is rare when you see somebody with that kind of athleticism, Daniel. So it's only going to get better as he gets game fit. You don't get into game shape in the gym during practice, and especially practice during the middle of the season, because you can't go really hard during the middle of the season. So as he gets back into game shape, what we saw during the preseason where he was flying up and down the floor, it's only going to be better for everybody.
0: What about others adjusting around him? Because obviously he brings another element to the game, and he mentioned that he can affect um, the, the game without having the basketball. But for some of the guys that have the basketball a lot, the Drew Holidays and the Brandon Ingrams, how have they been able to adjust with it? And maybe how long will it take for them to kind of figure things out?
1: Well, it's not going to be automatic because he brings a totally different dynamic to the table. But I think with reps and with time, they're going to develop that chemistry. Uh, we saw what Brandon did. Brandon was seriously efficient. Brandon was incredibly efficient. in the win at Cleveland, when you go 9-13-4-4, of, 13 of, four of four from beyond the arc, you doing a lot of things well. So, Brandon, it'll all fall into place. Drew, uh, I think Drew is the type that is going to be able to work with just about everybody and anybody. Because of the way Drew is a two-way player, Drew gets it done at both ends of the floor and impacts the game at both ends of the floor. He's one of the best perimeter defenders we have in the end. Fortunately, he's with the So, and Lonzo is, to me, he's a real good fit with Zion. Because Lonzo's always looking ahead. He's looking to advance the ball. He's looking at where is the next available opportunity. So that chemistry, I don't think it'll take long. But it is going to take time. That's not automatic. You need friends. You need tendencies. You need to find out what your guys like. And, and that means what is... Zion like? Where does he feel comfortable? Which side of the floor? Which side of the box? uh, All the entry passes that are going to be required. But it's only a positive. It is only going to get better for all of us. as Zion works into what they're already doing. Because the Pels, Pels have a lot of talent. There is no question about that. Now it's just the pieces fitting together. And I don't think it's going to take that long.
0: That brings me to my next question as far as the depth of this team. We've talked about it since the preseason, Joel, as far as the amount of depth on this team. Unfortunately, we haven't been able to see it due to all the injuries, but for the most part, besides Ken Rich Williams, and you already know about Darius Miller being out for the season, you're pretty much healthy, and everyone's been talking about Alvin Gentry and will he kind of shorten his rotations as far as how many guys plays, but I feel like on the opposite end of that, Alvin Gentry has some options now whenever he wants to play small. He can put Melly in there, which we saw last night, The space to floor and let Zion play the five. Um, He let Derek Favors rest a little bit. You can put in Jackson Hayes. As far as some of the guards off the bench, you have Josh Hart. You have J.J. Redick now. I feel like now's the time that Alvin's been able to have the luxury of kind of putting some players in based on matchups.
1: Well, not only matchups, and I agree with you on that, absolutely. And options. You bring up Nico at the four, the stretch four. And then playing small ball with Zion at the five, and I like it. And we've seen Nico's been playing really solid basketball. And he's a and Nico. A lot of people forget. Twelve years up there playing professionally in Europe. Nico's a basketball IQ guy. Nico makes really good decisions most of the time. You're not going to be perfect. We saw that turnover out front. But uh, what is going to be interesting? And Alvin's going to work with the analytics guys. And Selmak's so very good at what he does. Uh, what about combinations? who fits together, who works well together. So those combinations like Antonio and I have talked about on the telecast with J.J. and Zion on the floor. See, with Zion, you need spacing, you need enough shooting. And you brought up Nico, which is the exact what you want on the floor, that type of spacer. So I, I get a kick out of the when I see J.J. Redick. You see, I'm I'm paying attention to J.J. on the floor with Zion because he should be the perfect complement because of what they have to do to account for J.J. out of the arc. So there's a lot of things that are going on behind the scenes right now that are all good for the Poults. This is, this is a deep, uh, a talent-rich team, and it's not about today. I want to remind everybody, Griff's had a great draft. They've plugged in and bringing in a guy like Nico, J.J., Derek Cavers. Uh, it's not about today, and today is very good, and it's only getting better but it's about down the road. So I love where the Pelicans are headed. I don't think there's any question about that. These are exciting times. The Pelicans have a chance to be very, very good for a long time to go.
0: No doubt about that. They're 12-6 and in their last 18 games, Joel. You talked about maybe some of the turnovers being the thing that the Pelicans need to take care of the most. Is there anything else that sticks out to you that, one, what's been going really well during this time, and I think health has a lot to do with that, but maybe something else that might stick out is if they can correct these little things, that you know, they can string some wins together, as you mentioned earlier?
1: Little things and big things. Because little things, when they give you something free, take advantage of it. They have missed 13 free throws in the Clippers game. Yep. They had, what was it, 21 turnovers, or was it 23 in the Clippers game? They lost by three points. So when you get to the free throw line, don't frustrate yourself. Capitalize on the opportunity. Hit at a high percentage. We saw what Denver did. Denver is twenty of twenty against the at the free throw line. Wild. Uh, there are certain things that you better take advantage of, and in close games because I looked at the numbers last night before the start of the Cleveland game, and in games decided by seven or less, the Pelts are six and fifteen. There's five and ten in games decided by six or less, two possessions, and a lot of that has to come down to the the little things. They turn out to be big things if you don't take advantage of them. So last night, the Pels were also plus eight. They were 22 to 14 in points off turnovers. Even though they had more turnovers than Cleveland, they made the opposition finally pay for their mistakes. So to me, that's important. When you look at the end of uh, the night and you look at free throws, did you make the most of those opportunities at the free throw line? Because the Pels don't have anybody that is awful at the stripes. He shouldn't be 28th or 29th in the NBA at the free throw line. I think they'll correct it. I think It's only going to get better, and they have time to correct and time to catch up and make the 8 seed. So it's a good time for all of us.
0: No doubt about it. That's Joel Myers, television voice of your New Orleans Pelicans here on the Pelicans podcast. Before I let you go, of course, it's been a really rough couple of days for a lot of people around the world with the tragic passing of Kobe Bryant on Sunday, of course, news broke right before the Pelicans and Celtics. And of course you being the former voice of the Lakers, you've known Kobe for a very long time. I've had a tough, I've had a lot of interactions with him and I don't want to kind of harp on this too much because I know it's still kind of fresh for everyone. I know everyone grieves in a different way and it's been been a rough couple of days for you. Um, But just if you, whether you want to talk about what you remember most about Kobe, whether it was a favorite interaction um, what he meant to you, anything that you want to bring up with Kobe before um, I let you go, um, what sticks out to you about Kobe Bryant?
1: Well, just his passion, the way he cared. I don't care what you do in life. I don't care what your profession is, what your business might be. Uh, everybody should care and be as dedicated and as committed as he was. And he showed that even in after basketball. You know, he was, totally involved with his, his wife and his girls. He was, he was involved, and he was dedicated. He was coaching his daughter, his 13-year-old daughter. So the part that hurts the most for all nine of those people that went down, the three girls, their lives were, were barely beginning at 13 years of age. That's what, it breaks your heart. And he just, he was great to be around to work with. He challenged everybody. He was a really bright guy. You know, They just saw, just what, three or four weeks earlier, Luka Doncic was bringing the ball inbound, and he heard somebody in his native language, he's Slovenian, saying something to him. And he didn't want to be distracted, but he turned around. As he was about to inbound the ball, it was Kobe and Gigi, sitting courtside. So Kobe impacted a lot of people in a lot of ways. I've read so much lately about his early days where Rick Fox is talking about some of the things make you smile, make you laugh. And, and, obviously made a lot of us cry. And I think Steve Kerr said it really well, right guy, head coach of the Colts. State Warriors, when he said it might've been the saddest day in his lifetime in the NBA. And I don't disagree with him. I, I love Kobe, I love being around him. He knew how much I cared about him and everything he brought. And I let him know because fortunately for all of us in new Orleans, His third and last game of his career was in New Orleans. And I let him know how much I
0: owe him and how much I appreciate him. Well, Joel, I certainly appreciate you sharing uh, your story about Kobe Bryant and what he meant to you. And, of course, you're seeing it around the league now with a lot of players changing their numbers, making sure that number 8 or number 24 uh, never be worn again, including Jahlil Okafor. Here of the Pelicans, which is a really nice gesture for everyone around the league. And you can tell just based on all the dedications with the 24 second and the eight second violations, the moment of silences for 24.8 seconds. You can just tell um, not only how much he affected um, the NBA and the game of basketball, but just so many people around the world. And uh, Joel, I appreciate your time. I know we got in pretty late last night and um, it's been a been a long morning, but I really appreciate you sharing some time with us uh, this morning. And we'll talk to you on Friday at the Smoothie King Center. Anytime, and let's get a winning streak going, okay? That's what we need now, Daniel. There he goes. That's Joel Myers, television voice of the New Orleans Pelicans. They'll be on the television for you on Friday night as the Pelicans welcome in the Memphis Grizzlies, another huge game inside the Smoothie King Center. We talk about the playoff-like atmosphere in the last few games at home with Zion Williamson's return. The Friday night needs to be that same way. This could feel like a playoff game because there are playoff implications on the line. You already have a 1-0 vantage advantage I should say against the Memphis Grizzlies if you can get up 2-0 against them with a win on the road and a win at home you'll certainly be in good shape it sort of counts as two as far as gaining a game and uh, getting closer and closer also closer to the tiebreaker a Western Conference win also could help in tiebreaker situations and you're starting to creep up there in the standings this is a really big one and the Pelicans need every single person inside that arena On Friday night, a cool giveaway as far as Panini trading cards. Um, There'll be some including some rookie cards in there as well. So you don't want to miss that as the first 5,000 fans and attendance will receive that. And then they're back on the road for a tough game against the Houston Rockets. And also then on Tuesday as the Milwaukee Bucks roll into town. We will have another podcast for you on Friday. Pelicans general manager Trajan Langdon will join the show. What we're going to do is it's going to be kind of a two-part series in two different days. Our Pelicans weekly show on ESPN New Orleans 100.3 FM will play part of that conversation for you on Thursday at 6 p.m. Then we're going to play an extended version of the entire interview on Friday's podcast leading up to the Pelicans and the Grizzlies with Todd Graffinini um, interviewing Trajan Langdon. So we hope we can you can join us for that as the Pelicans will have a couple days off. They are not practicing today. They will practice tomorrow. And then again, New Orleans and Memphis from the Smoothie King Center on Friday. Of course, this podcast is brought to you by Seakeek. Trying to find tickets to basketball games, especially now in this city, or any other live event can be complicated. There's hundreds of sites in shady pricing with Seakeek. You can do everything in one place. Search for and discover the best deals on seats. Buy from any device and sell and transfer tickets in just a couple of taps. And every purchase is fully guaranteed so you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. If you're a first-time user, our listeners will get $20 off their first purchase. Use the code GOPELS, all one word, at checkout. SeatGeek, score the best deals on tickets. Once again, big thanks to Joel Myers for coming on the podcast today. Trajan Langdon is yours on Friday as well. And until Friday on the podcast, I'm Daniel Salerson. Thanks for listening to the Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek.